It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in. Hour number two of the program here on Wednesday. And again, room for you at 508-996-0500. Or... App chat on the WBSM app to text us. Open line on the WBSM app to send us a voicemail. And of course, that is brought to you by our friends at South Coast Towing. Uh, always, always looking to um, keep the app on the cutting edge of technology. Uh, if you ever have any suggestions or ideas for things you'd like to see on the app, send me an email, Tim at WBSM.com. And I will forward it over to our IT people, and they will find a way to make it happen. They're so good about taking all the little things that we suggest and finding ways to make them all work, and uh, and, and they'll be able to, uh, to add some things in uh, as we go along. So just because you have the app, it's, it's, it's ever-evolving. Someday you might open it up. There might be new features. That's why it's always important to make sure that you have it uh, set for automatic updates, too. So in the first hour, we were talking about, you know, if you heard Barry's program yesterday, he was discussing Greg Andre, the eighth grade teacher at Old Rochester Junior High School, who had taken to Twitter to rail against the discussions that had been had regarding some of the books that were in the school library. And... He came out swinging with that post and said, you know, to the book burning, book banning, I should say, to the book banning bigots. And he's come out with a series of tweets after the fact where in which he says, you know, oh, sorry that I called you bigots for doing what I feel was bigoted behavior. And, you know, I, I feel him on that. Because how many times have I taken phone calls from people that I've had to tell them that what you're saying sounds bigoted to me? Oh, you're calling me a bigot? Well, yeah, well, you said it. I didn't say it. I want to know why you feel that way. And because they're kids isn't a good enough reason. The students of a high school are young adults. A freshman in high school is only four years away from being able to vote. This is the time, two years away from driving a car, uh, three years, two and a half. Although I don't think any kid, you've got to, let me just give you a little bit of a advice, parents. If you have a kid that's getting close to driving age. Don't let them wait because you know how like they're like, oh, I can get my license when I'm 16 and a half. No. Start the process as early as you can if you if that's your goal. 
because otherwise you will be waiting. The wait to get road tests, the wait to get driving hours done, it's um, it's it's at a peak. So, and I think what that is is there were a lot of kids that couldn't during the pandemic, so they're backlogged. So, just as a side note, make sure that they're right on top of things. The the first day they can get their permit, get their permit, and get them signed up for driving lessons and. And, uh, and, and as soon as they can make the appointment, don't, don't dawdle. Make the appointment for the road test as soon as you can because you're going to have to wait. My son didn't get his license until after his 18th birthday because of everything that was going on. So you can ex- have all of these expectations for children that age of how close they are to becoming able to make those decisions for themselves but you're concerned about a book that they read from the school library but and also i will say this too i guarantee you this controversy has led to more kids reading that book or those books that are of concern than ever would have read them before And now I've reached out to the library at Old Rochester, the librarian at Old Rochester before. She hasn't returned my emails. I'm assuming it's because the, you know, she's probably been told, you know, don't don't talk to the media. Um, I know the superintendent over there a little bit from his time as a Wareham High School athlete. And I know people in his family. And I know that he's a good person. And I know that if he did tell them that, it was, you know, if he did tell the librarian not to speak, it's for her own protection. I, Mike Duvall, the principal, you know, he might have said the same thing. But it's, I want to know just simple things like, how often do kids check out that book? Have you seen an increase in people checking out that book since this controversy came about? Uh, and as I've said before, I read it online for free and nobody knew that I read it I could go on with my library card into I forget I think it's Hoopla I think I think that's what it is I went into the Hoopla site which I should check because I'm looking for a book but I went into the Hoopla site you know signed in with my regular sign in was able to check that book out read it and return it digitally you know, and this was all digitally. I, I did not. I never got a physical book. From the time I took it out to the time I read it and returned it was about thirty-five minutes total. So, and you're you're worried about if the kid is reading it in the school library. Not to mention, I could have gone on Amazon and bought it and had it here the next day. It's a popular book. I'm talking about genderqueer. It's a popular book. It's at the local fulfillment center. So I could have just requested it and it would have been delivered at my door the next day. Now, I would think a lot of students don't have a credit card or credit card access to be able to just go on Amazon and order what they want. But they certainly have a library card or have access to a library card. So you're not really gaining anything by trying to have these books pulled from the library. 
except to create the appearance of being bigoted. And I think that, you know, I, I actually applaud Greg Andry for turning it around. Again, I will read to you the original. Let me just pull it back up. The original tweet that he posted was, for those book-banning bigots, there is nothing short of erasure of BIPOC and LGBTQ people that will appease them. There is nothing short of rewriting history that will make them happy. So, F it. That's, uh, that's my censoring, not his. Make them miserable. And then he went back to Twitter yesterday and said, my Twitter has been the subject of a local radio show. Turns out people who are banning books hate to be called bigots. That's on me. My bad. Unbiased good people. Stop trying to ban books about LGBTQ and BIPOC people. It makes you look like bigots. Every book that has been the subject of challenges in my district or have been casually attacked have been books by or about BIPOC or LGBTQ people or donated by a local anti-racism organization. My fault for seeing bigotry when it was just, I guess, a coincidence. Just a coincidence that people in the community scoured my Instagram, which talks mostly about books, only made inquiries to the superintendent about the books I donated to the high school GSA two years ago. Coincidence, not bigotry. That's on me. So this is my sincere apology to the book banning people who I mistakenly called bigots. Sometimes I see patterns in behavior and draw conclusions that are mistaken. My fault. Apologies. So I heard a caller call Barry yesterday and said, you know, I know this guy and he's he's a left wing loon. Why? Because he disagrees with you because he has a different perspective than you. And in that case, well, I was going to say people probably call me that, but I already know that they do. I already know that people that listen to this program think the same thing about me. I, I, people call in and, and, and accuse me of being a pedophile or pro-pedophiles because I think it's okay to have a drag queen read to kids at a library where the parents have the choice of whether or not to bring the kids to that to that reading. Because there's the automatic assumption that because they're a drag queen and they're reading to kids that they must be a pedophile themselves. Which, you know what that sounds like to me? Bigotry. Tell me that it's not. We had a caller call up and say that, that, that gay people shouldn't be allowed around children. How is that not bigotry? So everybody is concerned about the safety of children and about the influences that, that they may have around them. Well, I'm pretty concerned if children are around people that have bigoted opinions. I'm pretty concerned if children are only being allowed to see one narrow perspective of the world. And again, like I said, I don't want to I don't want to beat up on Barry here, but he was saying yesterday he was questioning whether or not Greg Andrews should be fired over over this tweet. He didn't stand up in front of a classroom full of kids and say this. 
He put his own opinion on Twitter. And the same people who were railing against the controversy against Sean Oliver, he's allowed to have his own opinions. He can have his, he can put whatever he wants on social media. And, you know, kids should have no concern about what he, shut up kids and go back to class. Don't walk outside and protest that you feel that there's a silence uh, from the elected officials and the people in the school department for not condemning what he posted now that he's an elected official. Go back to class. You don't know what you're talking about, kids. He's a grown man. He's allowed to say what he wants on social media. So is Greg Andrew. He's a grown man. He's allowed to put what he wants on social media. Why would you think that he should lose his job over it? You 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 say that the left is is the the side of cancel culture. I'm trying to cancel this guy for putting what was his honest opinion on Twitter. That's why I think it's so funny when when conservatives talk about cancel culture and wokeness and snowflakes and all of that. It is the most deflection that I've ever seen. So here's a guy who just put his opinion out on social media. Didn't, didn't stand, you know, Sean Oliver's not standing up in front of kids and telling them that they can't be gay. Well, Greg Andrews not standing up in front of kids and telling them that they have to read these books. You can't selectively choose what you think is right and wrong without showing an agenda. If it's right for one, it's right for the other. And you know what they call it? When you have an agenda and you are against the other side to push that agenda, bigotry. 508-996-0500. It's oddly quiet today. I know that you're listening. I know that you're out there, but it's oddly quiet today. It, It's almost like, well... I won't say it. Okay, I will say it. I'm right. Uh, We have the VIP line ringing, so let's go to that and see who was on. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Good morning, sir. How are you today? Good. How are you? Um, My name is Jim O'Brien. I'm the retired superintendent from Great New Bedford Vocational. How are you today? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm fine. Um, 
I've wanted to, I've listened to numerous sides of this uh, topic, and I will like to say this morning that it's, it's one of the reasons why I've taken out papers to run for school committee at the Old Rochester Regional High School. Um, what better way to serve the community than to uh, bring my over 35 years experience in education to trying to get on the school committee. Um, I've been on the school committee uh, for eight years in the past, and just a comment about um, what the gentleman who was the teacher at the middle school put online. Um, it's a freedom of speech, whether I agree or not agree with it. Um, it was not on a school-sanctioned email or website, and the person has every right to put his or her opinion, whether we agree with it or not. And and so, you know, being an administrator in the past, how would you look at that from a teacher and how would you address that if parents came to you and said, I have a concern about what this teacher put on, on, on their personal social media? And, and which I've seeked legal counsel on this topic many times in, in my career, and I would have an open conversation with the parent or guardian to say, whether the school or I or the school committee agrees or disagrees with this um, comment from the faculty member, the faculty member has uh, the right to your, her, his or her opinion. Uh, there is a professional code of conduct that one is expected as a faculty member educating students, but one can't assume that that, that is being portrayed in the classroom, None, there's no evidence that the person's belief is being um, brought into part of the day-to-day curriculum or what that teacher teaches. So you said that this is, you know, this, this discussion, this 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 um, this uh, kind of atmosphere around what's going on has been what has led you to want to run for the school committee. So what what exactly are you seeing, and, and why why were you compelled to run? Um, I've I'm a firm believer in the, the great education that is going on each and every day throughout the whole school system. Um, it has a tremendous reputation and a strong administrative team. There are, there are many parents who work diligently and around the clock to someday dream of moving into the town of Rochester, Mattapoisett, or Marion for many reasons, and one being the school system. And... I'd like to use my experience to help them uh, continue with the the strong programs that they have with the hurdles that many schools like O'Rochester have with dealing with high uh, budget issues, uh, capital improvement within the school, and um, to be that conduit between the school committee, the community, the parents, the faculty, and the administrative team, and in school committee members to understand their role uh, with regards to actually being a school committee member. Um, It's beyond just what uh, the handful of books and what I, what I ended up doing um, in the last six, seven months is to attend a handful of the school committee meetings to uh, prepare myself for the upcoming election and get my overall a pulse on um, the divide within the the tri town 
on these various issues. But Old uh, Rochester is not immune to everything that's going on in the society. They're just in the forefront and the spotlight right now. A lot of these curriculum and book issues uh, are throughout the country in, in, in all our school systems where school systems have been immune to politics for the most part, but they are front and center with, with regards to what the strong left or the strong right believe in. Uh, absolutely. And so we, we of course, uh, you're running against Joe Pyers. Joe Pyers was on yesterday with Barry addressing this issue. So I am going to ask you a, a pointed campaign question. And as such, I will also say that uh, that Joe Pyers has the right to call in and, and have equal time and respond. So my question is, why are you choosing to run against Mr. Pyers then in, in this particular case? Uh, is, does it have to do with the way that, that he has handled this situation? Um, whether I agree or disagree with the way that he's handling the situation, um, I'm running because the the seat is available to run against, and it just so happens to be Joe Pyers. Okay. Um, but I believe that the school committee needs um, more of a collaborative effort in respecting a realistic views of what a school committee member can and cannot do as a member of the school committee. And we, at a time where people can disagree with their point of view, but uh, work with the mission of the school to do right by kids. Um, you know, I, I, I listened to that whole program yesterday, and um, I started to listen this morning, and I figured I'd, I paused to contemplate, and I figured I'd take the opportunity to give you a ring this morning. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, and I hope that um, even you know, no matter what the outcome of the election is, you're right. This is this is a conversation that's going to be ongoing, and uh, and all the voices that are involved in it should should remain in the conversation d- despite whatever happens in the election. Well, I, I thank you for your time this morning. Well, thank you so much. Bye now. Uh, take care. That is uh, Jim O'Brien. As he said, he is running for the Old Rochester School Committee uh, in the in one of the um, the Rochester seats. Uh, he is running against Joe Pyers. I'm sorry. Yes, he's running against Joe Pyers for the Old Rochester Regional School Committee, uh, and that election is coming up. So it'll be something that certainly I'm sure we'll be discussing more as we get closer to it. Uh, we are, what's today, the 19th, a little bit over a month away. So it's May 24th, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how that shapes up. I can imagine that this will be a topic you will hear more about on South Coast tonight. I am sure you will hear Marcus talking more about it uh, as well as, as we get closer to it. I think this is going to be another one of those that we'll, we'll keep an eye on because this is part this is part of what it is. It's the larger question here. Let's take away all of the let's take away all of the dogma of it, for lack of a better term. So let's take away what the actual things are that we're fighting about. Fighting about what books belong in schools. Fighting about whether or not teachers are teaching critical race theory. Fighting about whether or not they're pushing a, an LGBTQ agenda in the classroom. Whether or not they're pushing kids to be trained. All of these things. Let's put them all aside. And just look at the overall big picture, you know, the 30,000 foot view from above. What are we talking about? We're talking about parents versus 
elected officials, and professional educators. And I'm saying this with no bias either way. I mean, I think, you know, you, you know that I side with the, you know, the people who actually went to school and studied this and learned how to teach your children. That before there were all of these social issues and all these issues in society, you were perfectly fine with the way that they were teaching your, your kids. But now because, you know, your kids might want to be a little bit more socially cognizant of things, you know, you're blaming the teacher. But anyway, look at it without any of that in it. And what you're looking at is parents versus elected officials and educators. Parents saying... You, the people who are elected to the school committee, work for us. You who are hired to work in the school department, work for us as taxpayers. We want more of a say. And on the other side of it, you have people who are saying, well, you elected us to make these decisions. These are decisions that we're going to make. And educators who say, you know, I went to school for a number of years to do what I do, and I've been also doing it for a number of years. I think I know how to do my job. And I say this all the time when we talk about this, but this, the same teachers that you are accusing of having some sort of agenda to manipulate your child and to mold the future society in whatever image that you think that they're trying to mold it into are the same people that are constantly talk, you know, constantly dis discussing how they're underpaid, constantly talking about all the budget cuts, having to go out and buy paper out of their own pocket to supply to their students, putting out a list every year of things that they need you to bring into the classroom. They need students to bring in boxes of tissues because the school doesn't supply boxes of tissues. So please, students, if your mom or dad can can afford it, have them buy a couple extra boxes of tissues and send them in with you. These teachers who have to conform what they do to standardized testing to make sure that their students pass those standardized tests or else it runs the risk of putting the entire school department into the hands of the state to run, which let's face it, that doesn't make things better. So these teachers who are struggling with all of that every day are somehow having time to meet up for their, you know, secret cabal and talk about what agenda they want to teach to your kids. These same teachers that are your neighbors, that are your friends, that are probably people that you might have gone to school with yourself. There's a number of people that are teachers at Wareham High School that I knew growing up. The principal of Wareham High School got his start as a teacher when I was in school there. I've known people in that school forever. And they're there because the people that I knew before them are the ones that inspired them to go there and be teachers. These are not people that are spending time coming up with a secret plan to turn your kids gay or transsexual and to make them feel like if they're white that they did something wrong. Think about those think about those statements that I just said on the surface. Doesn't that sound ridiculous? If I said to you, you know, teachers are just trying to turn kids into, you know, right-wing lunatics. They're try they're, they're trying to turn kids into hate-filled, racist, bigoted, alt-right 
storm the Capitol mercenaries. You would say, that's ridiculous. And it's just as ridiculous for you to think that they're trying to do the opposite of that. Now, are there outliers? Are there some teachers who might go into a classroom and, and, and preach their their own viewpoint? Of course. That's going to happen. That's always happened. It's always happening with people of all different beliefs and persuasions. There are probably teachers who are doing that right now. Teachers who are telling their kids, you, you know, a marriage is between a man and a woman. And it's immoral to, to, to be a homosexual. There are probably two teachers saying that right now. But that doesn't get people up in arms as much. Mainly because the people who would be railing against that look at that and say, wow, that's an outlier. And maybe they call the school and say, hey, I'm a little bit concerned about what this teacher was saying. And then the school handles it and it doesn't make headlines. Because the agenda here isn't what you think the teachers are pushing onto your kids. The agenda here is to try to create a false narrative that that's what's happening. Because that's something that gets people riled up at a grassroots level. You know, how many adults say, yeah, I don't care about politics. I don't care about politics. It doesn't matter who wins or who loses. We're screwed either way. But what does everybody care about? Everybody cares about their kids. So if you can start getting it into their minds that they're turning your kids into something that you don't want them to be, well, that's going to that's gonna rile you up. That's going to incite you. That's going to get you to go to the ballot box. And while you're there voting for the school committee member that you want, you're also going to vote for other candidates and other races that you see the the preferred initial, the preferred letter next to their name. That's the real agenda here. You need only look at the Massachusetts Family Institute and the, 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 the candidates that it's pushing for school committee to realize what's actually going on. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Tim, good morning. How are you? Good, good. Tim, you and I will always agree to disagree, but I always respect you and I love listening to your show, which speaks volumes, though we can sh- we have different political views. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that being said, um, you know, I think what it is for a guy like me, and I, you know, I, yeah, I supported Donald Trump because of what he did for the country. I, it could have been Mickey Mouse doing the same thing, and I would uh, I would have uh, stood behind Mickey Mouse because I like the direction the country was going in. Okay, um, we could go off here. I'm going to get right to the crux of it. So basically, what for me, I want kids to be kids. I want them to stay kids. I remember a real wholesome time of being a child, and I'm 60 now, of, of going to a Christian at schools and being sheltered from all the garbage that's out there now. And you know what? I value that looking back now because now I'm exposed to so much just junk as an adult that I, I often go back in, th- in my mind and think about how good those times were when I was a kid and I went to school and we learned. We didn't talk about people's sexual orientation. We didn't have books depicting what you were talking about earlier today that I was cringing as you were describing it. But I know you had to. 
that's for me, that's what this is all about. And it's just, I, I try to, you know, when they talk about books in school, fine. But there has to be a threshold of some sort for kids. Can we let them be kids? The things that they see now on the computer that they're exposed to is bad enough. At least if there's a safe haven for kids to go to during the day to just learn. One plus one equals two. History. All that good stuff that you and I learned in school. I know you're a bit younger. But that being said, for me, that's what this is all about. I do know Mr. Andrea. He's a nice guy. He and I are politically on opposite ends of the spectrum. But I will say, he did ace me as, as, as a friend when, as soon as he found out I didn't support what he supported. I mean, aced me. And, and, and that's the truth. I'm not making anything up here because, once again, I said he is a nice guy. I've worked with him. I've been fortunate enough to do that. And, and so for me, once again, I, I, don't, I work in schools, by the way. And, and, and I want to jump over to this, and I'll let you go if I may, and I appreciate the time. Mm-hmm. It's a double standard all day long. After the Trump election, and he won, there were teachers telling their kids, if you're upset today, you can go down to guidance and, and sit with guidance. And, and, you know, it was like it was like they had dropped the atomic bomb or something like that. Honestly, but when Biden won, there was none of that. And, and you know, and as a kindergartner, they're supposed to put the, the um, pre- they're supposed to teach the president, uh, I'm sorry, the kids who the president is at the present time. Do you know that only one teacher did that at the uh, school system? One kindergarten teacher, the others refused. That's a double standard all day long. It, but, it, but is it a double standard? Did, did the kids come in upset about it, or did the teachers tell them that they should be upset about it? There's the a kids, difference there. I'm going to tell you, and I know it's going to sound like I'm fabricating, but this particular person, I was not shocked. I'm like, oh, of course. Of course it's this person. I'm not going to go into their sexual orientation or what hers is, but you can imagine. There was a whole, you know. Well, that, that doesn't have anything flag, to do with it. All, all that pride flag stuff. Okay, that's good. I'm all about the acceptance. Believe me, but it's gone too far. What used to be, hey, I'm gay and, and, and I'm a lesbian. Okay, fantastic. Really. I love you for it. I don't care. I, I really don't. It's none of my business. But now it's like, well, wait a minute. We're going to tweak this, tweak that, and, tweak, and you better accept it. You know, it's like, okay, I accept it, but can we stop talking about it? Just be who you are. I think the tolerance is so much better these days of what it was when I was a kid. You don't want anyone to know you were gay when you were a kid because they beat you up. That was wrong. It's not like that anymore. And if it is, it gets squashed real quick. It's just it keeps, like, here it is in your face again. Here it is. Enough is enough. Just be who you are. we got other things we should be doing. We should be learning, teaching kids valuing people, respect, all that stuff that I could go on and on about all day long. So, so you just, you say yeah. let kids be kids. What if the kids are the ones that are standing up for this and saying we want to have these discussions? What discussions? The discussions that, that we're talking about, being able to talk about LGBTQ plus issues in a classroom. What if it's the great. kids they, that are the ones they, that want to have these conversations? That's great. They have committees for that now. But should it distract from the education of kids that actually say, hey, I want to learn because I want to go to college and be a doctor or whatever. Should we? Well, that, that's, that's, no, that's, that's, just because you talk about one thing doesn't mean that you're not talking about the other. It's not an either or situation. We're just distracted. I see. It. I work in the schools. I live this day in and day out. There's distraction all day long. All I hear about is, is this kind of thing. Can we get back to the basics of let's stop bending over backwards to accommodate a minority here? Fine. Be who you are. But let's just, Let's just get back to the education part. That's why our kids aren't as smart as they used to be. They're not. They're really not. I have a granddaughter that lives with me. It's, it's amazing. When I go to talk about something, she looks at me like a deer in the headlights. I'm like, don't you learn that in school? I mean, it's we get, back to basics is what we need to be. We really do. Back to basics. Let's teach our kids 
let's love tolerance, all that. I'm all about that. But can we just get back to the education part of it and teach kids what they really need to know? They'll figure everything else out on their own, and they will. Well, I, I, I will invite you to call me back in 10 years when all of these kids are you know, supposed to be graduating from college and moving on with their lives. And if society has fallen apart, I will tell you then that you were right. But I, I think that right now to say that you can't do, you, you know, if you do one, you can't do the other as well. I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. And, and listen, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Every generation thinks that the younger generation is dumb. <laughs> I mean, I, no, I'll, no, I'll be honest with you about that. No, kids can't. I work. They can't count in increments of quarters now. I see it. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, it's different, Tim. You're younger, you don't get it. I see it. When you look back, you see, oh, oh my God, we're not, we're not going in it. a better direction. We're not going in a better direction. If you think we are, you're entitled to that, and I respect you for that, but I don't believe you're right. All right. Well, I mean, I, I don't believe that you are, so we'll just we'll have to agree to disagree. And we always will, my friend. Thank Likewise. You. Have a good day. And, and uh, of course, hold on, caller. I'm going to put you on hold. Um, and that's that's the way to have a discussion. I love that caller. I love every time that we can go back and forth about things, and we don't have to agree. And you know what? Uh, we could go out for a, a meal together and have no problem, and I know that we would we, we could discuss this, and nobody's going to get up from the table and walk away. That, those are the kind of conversations that I like to have. He didn't accuse me of doing anything. I didn't accuse him of doing anything. We shared our opinions, and, and although we didn't agree, you know, there's a lot that we do agree on. Uh, let's see. Caller, hang on. I got to take a break right here um, because I got to get these both in before the end of the hour, but it'll be a quick one. We'll be right back. Are you hungry? I'm hungry, and there's still time to run out and have yourself a breakfast. Why not head over to Just Another Phoenix in Dartmouth? That is the place that I like to go for breakfast because they always have something different. They have creative specials every day, and they make it so that, you know, even if you have a favorite item, that's always going to be available for you, but you can also have the opportunity to try something that you never would have thought about, some sort of creation that you never would have thought to put together. They do those kind of things all the time. Like you've heard me mention things like the Reuben and Swiss omelet, cranberry raisin pancakes, uh, my favorite, the Boston cream stuffed French toast. These are things that you won't find everywhere else, and you can find them at Just Another Phoenix. One of my favorite options that they have there is they have great cheese rolls. You can have a cheese roll with whatever meat you want in it. It doesn't just have to be the linguisa cheese roll. They can do a bacon one, a sausage one, whatever, whatever you want. They can do it for you. And not only can they do it for you in the restaurant, it's all available through their drive through window. You can get their full menu available for takeout. It's just one of the many great options that you can use uh, when you go to just another Phoenix restaurant. It's in Dartmouth. I recommend going there. It's, uh, it's right over near the Bristol County House of Correction. You know, you go a little bit past. It's now the gym. It used to be the VFL. They go a little bit past there, and you'll see it on your left-hand side, just another Phoenix in Dartmouth. All right, let's uh, let's take a phone call here. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Hi, you're on the air. I can I can hear you. You're there. All right, once, twice, I'm going to have to let you go. Okay, well, uh, you can try calling back again. Coming up in the next hour, we'll be joined by New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell, who will be you know, here for midweek with the mayor. We'll be talking about a number of different things, but we'll also be taking your phone calls for him. Also, a uh, bit of a programming note. Uh, as you know, every week we have City Council President Linda Morad with us on Fridays at 1030. 
and she had said that this week she would be joined by Councilor at Large Naomi Carney. Something came up, so instead, uh, Councilor at Large Brian Gomes will be joining Council President Morad this Friday. So you'll be able to hear that Friday morning at 1030 here on the program. Why don't I take my final break of the hour, and we'll be back in just a few moments. You know, I just told you about breakfast, but I'm already thinking about dinner. And I, listen, since I went to Barrels and Boards, on Sunday, I can't stop thinking about that tomahawk steak that I saw sitting in the glass case of the Barrels and Boards Marketplace. It was beautiful, well marbled, plenty of meat on the bone, and it was just twenty ninety nine a pound. So if you are feeling ambitious, if you feel like you want to have a delicious tomahawk steak and you want to cook it at home on the grill... Go down there and grab that because uh, you might have to beat me to it. I think I might have to go bite the bullet and pick it up today as much as as much as much I'd rather have them cook it for me. You can save a little bit by doing it yourself. You can also get ribeyes, New York sirloin, beautiful chicken breast, gigantic shrimp and sea scallops, all available right there in the glass case in the Barrels and Boards Marketplace. It's right next to the restaurant, and it's on Route 138 in Raynham. So easy to get to. And, uh, you know, honestly, if you're going to go out and you're going to do your grocery shopping, and you're going to go out and pick up everything that you need, save your meats, save your seafood, save your chicken, save all of that until you go to Barrels and Boards Marketplace. Get it all there because it's better quality stuff for about the same price you're going to pay in the supermarket. And they also have a lot of other items there like peppers and onions and things like that so you can make a whole meal at home or they have pre-made meals all ready to go. Check them out online, barrelsandboardsma.com. Barrels, the letter N, boardsma.com. And you can also use that same uh, address to get to their Facebook page. It's Barrels and Boards MA on Facebook. All right, let's take a phone call here. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? Good. How are you? All right. I, you know, just uh, was listening to the gentleman that called. I think he's one caller or two caller ago mm-hmm. when he was saying that the kids of today are, you know, not, you know, not very smart. Uh, Pretty much what he said, exactly what he said. Um, I don't know. I have to disagree with him. I mean, I think kids of today are very, 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 very smart and really on top of things. I think what what's lacking today when, in education is that, you know, when we were growing up, you know, you did everything longhand, you know, like, you know, especially like arithmetic. Uh, you know, you didn't have like calculators and whatnot to, to, to figure out. You know, small stuff like what's uh, seventeen cents from uh, three dollars or something. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. And I, and I think people, you know, jump. Oh, well, you could, the lady, the girl could, she couldn't even figure out how to do that. You know what I mean? But I think that we have so much information so quickly and right at the, our fingertips. I think that kids of today, um, they're in touch with more information after than ever before. So I don't know why he would say that unless his granddaughter's. I don't know, maybe special needs or something. No, no, no. I I think it's more of a matter of, you know, what what we might have felt was important then. Maybe they don't feel as important to teach now. Like, you know, you're using a calculator for an example. I was of the generation where they started letting us use calculators on the SAT, and that was unheard of before, but we also realized, like, calculators are a part of life, and now look at us. Like, people out in society don't not have a calculator on them. They always have one in their phone. So, you know, it's okay for me if people can't figure out percentages in their head or or on a piece of paper anymore. I'd rather they use the calculator and we're accurate about it. But it's just, you know, things change, things that evolve over time. I I just got to hold you there, though, because we're we're out of time and I don't want to have to cut you off with the news. But thank you for the call. Yep. 
Have a good day. Uh, we are up against it for the end of this hour. When we come back in the next hour after the news, we will be joined by New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell for Midweek with the Mayor. We'll talk about a number of things, including we'll talk a little bit more about the question that happened at the end of last week's segment where the caller had called up about the senior centers. We'll get some more information on that. I do have the uh, questions that the caller called in about before where he said he wouldn't necessarily be able to uh, to call in then, so I sh- saved those and wrote them down. And, of course, we will also have the phone lines open for you at 508-996-0500 and we will also uh, try and I'll try and make sure that I look at your app chat messages as well sometimes a little bit difficult when